0: Yeah, you ready? All right, children ages three years through fifth grade that wish to go to children's church are dismissed out that door. Again, we welcome children staying in the service if they want, and we're gonna take our virtual offering at this time, so uh, those of you in the room, if you have a paper offering, the boxes as you exit, but otherwise you can give a number of ways electronically, and those are listed on the screen. We're trusting God to provide all of our needs as a church, and as you give today, be encouraged. I have some praises to share. Uh, one of the regular tenders of Living Hope uh, two days ago was in the Publix parking lot in Watkinsville. The guy bringing his, his uh, groceries out to his car, he began to witness to him. Long story short, right there in the parking lot, this young man prayed to receive Christ. That's marketplace evangelism, brother. And then uh, one of the Fresh Wind guys rededicated his life to the Lord this week, and he'll be baptized next Sunday in this service. So we celebrate that. Yeah. Fifty-five people were here on Friday night for Celebrate Recovery, so that's exciting. And I feel like I had one more. Oh, Geraldine uh, does caregiving and uh, led a woman to Christ. Next day, she died. Folks, that's like the uh, thief on the cross conversion. It's never too late until you die. Then it's too late. It's appointed unto every man to die once, and after this, the judgment. So, so cool. God's drawing people. God's working. God's healing. God's restoring. God is moving in the midst of all that's going on in our world today. This topic, worship, is so important, Jonathan. By the way, I've had three people text me. You realize, don't you, Pastor David, that you've got Jonathan and David on staff now. You know, and, and God is knitting our hearts like the Jonathan and David of the Bible. And welcome yeah. again to uh, our worship pastor. Uh, you've been with us, what, three weeks now? I guess. And this whole yeah, thing about weeks. conversations, that we occasionally treat a topic with a conversation and uh, kind of the, the not just a monologue preaching but a dialogue, a conversation, yeah. this was your idea. And we got started last week. We we talked about what is worship. We talked about, um, uh, what did we talk about last week? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, you can go listen to it. But here, here's, the four, here's the four questions that we're going to address today. All right, you ready? We're going to talk about what it means to worship in spirit and truth. What are some benefits of worship? What about cultural and personal preferences? And then what we have some practical advice for your personal worship and corporate worship. And then we'll do Q&A, so write down questions that you have. Now, just to kind of get us out of the shoot today, here's some verses in the Bible that that talk about how important praise and worship is. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Day and night before the throne, they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Sing a new song to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to God. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit, and afterwards, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So worship is ultimately about the heart. Yeah. And we talked about that last week, that yeah. it's not confined to a place. It's your heart response to God. So turn to John chapter 4, first question I will take, and then Jonathan will take the next two. And then we'll do together the last one so first question i'm going to keep us rolling because we want to make sure we make good use of our time so we have time for q a in john chapter 4 jesus talked about worship in spirit and truth so if you're in your bibles turn to john 4 beginning at verse 21 jesus said to her woman believe in me the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in jerusalem will you worship the father so worship is not confined to the temples not confined to jerusalem it's going to be something that we can do 24-7, 365, if we're walking with God. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here. It's now here because Jesus was here. and Jesus was the one that this is all pointing to. When the true worshipers, don't you want to be a true worshiper living hope? You know, Jesus said, some honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's not a true worshiper. Somebody who just goes through the motions. Somebody who just does a ritual thing. I'm going to check off the Sunday morning thing. I'm going to check off the religious thing. God is like a a closet in your life or like a room in your life. He's not the whole house. No. True worshipers. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King of your heart. Your life is surrendered to Him so that everything you do is an act of worship. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Worship's not confined to, to a church service, it's not confined to just music. Everything you do if you're abiding in Jesus is an act of worship, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So then He says this The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. This is very important. For the Father is seeking such people who will worship Him. Beloved, do a study of what God is seeking after. Jesus said He seeks to save the lost. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose hearts are completely His. So God is seeking people whose hearts are completely His so that He might strongly support them. Here we see He's seeking worshipers. If God is seeking something, it's important to Him. He created us to worship him and then and so it says God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth so let me take this a few minutes on this worship in spirit and truth worship in spirit means it comes from your spirit to God's spirit it's not confined to a place or a location it's 24 7 it's it's having your spirit made righteous by Jesus so that then you are qualified to come boldly into his presence so it's your spirit being made new and being made righteous by the blood of Jesus so that then your spirit is able to commune with God and worship Him properly. Worship in spirit is empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's God's Holy Spirit changing you, energizing you, anointing you, giving you the desire even to worship Him. That's a little of what it means to worship in spirit, it can be spontaneous, it can be expressive, it can be the Holy Spirit superseding your personal preferences or personality. You might be naturally in your personality introverted, but as God renews and activates and anoints and energizes your spirit, it can supersede that to where you then can be expressive and lift your hands and shout to the Lord yeah. and dance into the Lord and be that such. Okay? Then worship in truth. It's worshiping truly, being honest with where you are. Bible says that the Lord is near to those who call upon Him in truth. Yeah. So it's not pretending. It's saying, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm struggling. God, I'm angry at you. God, I'm, 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 I'm dealing with all this mess. That's okay. It's coming in truth. God knows it already, so if you don't admit it, you're hiding it from yourself. So be honest, but then transfer the truth of where you are to the truth of who he is, okay? So you go from the truth of where you are. God, I'm here, I'm struggling, I'm discouraged, I I see all this stuff going on in the world today and it just gets me down, but I'm going to transfer now to the truth of who you are. So it's worshiping the true God. It's worshiping with theological integrity and accuracy. It's worshiping him for his nature because the 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 most true thing about God is what he says in his word. So you transfer from where you are truthfully to who He is, and Jesus is the way, the truth, truth and the life. Mm-hmm. And so it's also worshiping the true God, being truthful for where you are, and worshiping with biblical and theological integrity. Amen. So this goes right hand in hand with our mission statement. We want to be a word-rooted, spirit-empowered church. this' perfect with this. And I'll tell you, I see this, Jonathan, I love a song, It's just take the musical now part, a song like In Christ Alone, or, or like we've sung today where it's got lyrics that are theologically sound, yeah. so it's truthful, but then it just has that anointing to it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I know that's subjective, and what one calls anointing, another may not, but man, you just, you just sense the Holy Spirit's anointing on a song that has theological accuracy, man, that's a double barrel shotgun, in my opinion. So that's my take on what it means to worship in spirit and truth you have anything to add to that
1: yeah i just want to talk about the spiritual aspect of that um and um i think that's where some of us struggle or a lot of people struggle because um first of all that our spirit is more real than our flesh scripture says that that you don't see is eternal but that what you do see is passing away. Everything that we see in front of us, everything, you and I, we, uh, on a daily basis, the trees, the grass and things, they're, they're withering away. But the Spirit will live for an eternal. So when we worship God with our spirit, because Holy, Holy Spirit lives on the inside of each of us that are Christians, right? Amen? Amen. And so by access to the Holy Spirit, we have communion with the, with the Father. And so when we are in worship, worshiping God with that in mind, because oftentimes we're, we're trying to worship God in, in our natural being. And you would never really get that full spirit and truth worship in that, in that, in that manner. You have to um, activate that, the spirit which is on the inside of you. And the way that, I think the way that I do that for me on a practical tip is just to really come in and just remove all the distractions from my, from my mind at that moment. And just it's just me and God. You God, you and I. Just, I'm, I'm going to leave. I, mean, I know I have issues, but, I, you know, and that's another thing that happens. We can have issues, and I like how you put this earlier, Pastor. We'll have issues, and we'll pray the whole time and worship, and that's the only thing on our mind is the issues. Okay, God, I have the issues. I'm truthful about the issues, and now I lay it at your feet. Yes. And so, and then, that, then you go into the spirit realm, then when you lay it at God's feet, and you begin to worship God and say, God, that's why Waymaker is such a powerful song such a powerful song, because God, that's who you are. Okay, um, I, I, I have issues. I'm, I'm stressed, I'm, I'm depressed, but but you're a way maker. You, you know, you're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper. You keep your promise, you keep your word. And if you know what the word of God is, your spirit would connect with God. And so when we come into worship services, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important that if we're gonna worship God in spirit and truth, that our spirit is actually activating in that with with, with the Holy Spirit and with God. We'll, that's who's worshiping God, not us in our natural natural beings because that's what this culture does
0: you know my favorite you know? my favorite book of the Bible when I'm struggling is the book of Psalms one practice I've done for years is I'll take the day of the month uh-huh. what's today the sixth yeah and then add 30 so 6 36 66 96 126 it's about five psalms a day and repeatedly in the Psalms there's sh- often struggle yeah but then there's this shift it's yet true. will I praise you yes I struggle, I'm, Saul's after me, I'm hiding my, why are my enemies prospering? Why are things going so bad? Yet will I praise you. Yes. And that is worship in spirit and truth right there. Yes, it is. All right. Second one I'm going to let you take. Okay. What are some of the benefits to, to praise and worship?
1: Okay. Advantages
0: to, to doing this.
1: Great, great, great. I love this question and I love, um, that uh, you gave me an opportunity to uh, answer this. Now, when we go through these answers, if you're taking notes, just for scripture references, you might want to write write these down. We have a lot of lot to cover today, so I'm I'm going to give some some benefits, but I want you to write the scriptures down so you can go home and you can read on it. And it's good that you go home and meditate on God's word. Amen, amen. amen. So we want to do that. So benefits are important in life. You know, we we all want to. uh, I mean, it's part of who we are. We want to see the benefit of what we're doing. So, but when worshiping God, there the benefits of worshiping God trumps all other any benefit plan that you can possibly have. You know, so it says um, the first one is that it um, invites the presence of God. That's the benefit of worshiping God. It invites His presence. If we look at Second Chronicles, chapter five. 11 through 14, you see that that the musicians and the singers came on the court, became one. And they began to sing in such a way that the presence of the Lord overwhelmed the, 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 the temple and that the priests couldn't do their jobs that day because the presence of the Lord was so heavy because God's presence, he lives within his praises. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that, um, you know, famous people that people say, if I could be in his presence, i will just be like, whoa, 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 If I could be in the, the, pres- uh, in, in, in the presence of the, uh, the, the president of America, you know, oh, great, great, great. But, hey, those guys are good, but nothing, there's nothing in the world like being in God's presence. There's nothing like being in the presence of the one who created you. So, I, I mean, that's a, a humongous benefit. So, that would make me push past my uncomfort and all that, to do whatever I got to do to be in His presence. Whatever it takes to be in His presence, I want to be in His presence. Because in His presence, there's fullness, and there's joy, and there's peace in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, let's move so on to let another. Me just, on. Go ahead, so Pastor.
0: There's, a, there's the issue of um, omnipresence and manifest presence. Yeah. So I think what you're talking about is the manifest presence. Because yes. every believer has God's omnipresence. He says He'll mm-hmm. never leave you nor forsake you. And it's like my chocolate milk illustration. You've got the chocolate syrup in the milk. That'll never leave you. He's omnipresent. But when you praise and worship God, it stirs up that chocolate syrup. Yes. And he begins to manifest yes. his presence.
1: Yes, 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 yes. He
0: shows up and he shows off.
1: Oh, he, de- he really does. <laughs> he does. And, and when you get in his presence, when you get, I mean, that's kind of, how can I put it more on a way that we can realize it? You guys know Michael Jordan, right? Uh, when Michael Jordan played basketball, they said he would get into a zone. And when he's really, when, I remember the night when he dropped 63 on New York Knicks, and he dropped. He said, "I was in a zone." He said, "I'm in a zone." He, you know, he's just—he was just like—he wasn't even thinking about it. It was just dropping. When you get in God's presence, you're not worried about who's sitting next to you. You're not worried about what's going on, what's going to happen after service. You're not thinking about that fried chicken and collard greens you're going to eat after service. All of you were at this point. All you want is His presence.
0: You're just making me hungry. Over there.
1: <laughs> you're, you're in the zone though. You're in the in the presence of God. You know, and, and that like I mean, I mean, that's like that's an awesome place to be in. If you have not experienced it, I, I mean, you need to really seek God for that because that's something to be communing with the Holy Spirit. It will transform your life.
0: Enter his We talked about this last week. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. So yeah. you, you've got to you've got to go in to his presence. Yeah. And, and, and it, it tells us the pattern. It's thanksgiving, praise, and worship. That's how you get into the Holy of Holies experientially. Yeah. Now, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit in your heart. We get that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is by in terms of experiencing what is already true of you. Okay, you already have His presence, but it's experiencing that which is already in you. Yeah, And That's this is the pattern.
1: That's it. That's good, Pastor. Good. Um, another benefit, there's a lot of benefits, but let's talk about this next benefit. It brings you victory. Praise and worship praising and worshiping God brings you victory second um, chronicles 20 again second chronicles chapter 20 verses 15 through 20. now I won't dig too much into that because that's on my sermon for next week so, so if you want to hear about that bringing victory in more detail, don't miss next Sunday. Because, But I'm going to tell you right now, praise and worship brings you victory. And if you want to win, how many winners do I have in the place? How many people just really want to win for God? You want, you want that abundant life that God has promised you? I want everything that he has for me. I want to win. And praise and worship helps bring you victory. It brings you victory. All right, all right. Let's go on to the next one. Praise and worship. That's awesome talking about God. I'm telling you. It brings Deliverance from your enemies. Praise and worship brings deliverance from your enemies. It brings deliverance from the enemy. Now, as Christians, we all have this in common, that same enemy, Satan. And God will bring you deliverance from him. Now, he may attack us in all different directions, different ways. Some may have addictions. Some may um, have bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart. Satan is always attacking. But if you want to beat that enemy, try praising and worshiping God. Try that out. And God would, I mean, God could have you trump that enemy. I mean, I know, I know, Pastor, when I, we talked about this earlier, when I'm having days when I'm struggling. Now, we all have those days. We have have those days where we want to give up. But, man, when I can get in my car and turn on my playlist and those worship songs begin to go and drive, I mean, that's something that happens. It wakes up. The enemy loses his hope the thing that's holding you strong has to let go
0: i think we need to be reminded especially today that we are in a spiritual battle because mm-hmm. it's very easy to look at this political party as the enemy or this movement as yeah. the enemy or my spouse as the enemy or my kids <laughs> as the enemy or covid or <laughs> yeah, whatever
1: good but
0: point. folks we are in a spiritual battle our battle is not against flesh, flesh and, and blood. blood it's against yeah. the principalities and powers of darkness Right. And they flee when we praise God. God right. comes and they flee.
1: So you open up that can of worms. I was trying to hold that the next week. But honestly, honestly, you cannot fight spirit with flesh. No, this is not, this, you can't put kung fu on, on, on this spiritual stuff. No, you can't put these hands on them. No, no, not these hands, but these hands right here in worship. These hands surrender to the Lord and worship. Hey, you begin to fight. And this is how we fight our battles.
0: You want to go into that song
1: right now? We're praising Thanksgiving. This is how we I fight. fight my battles. <laughs> ah, we're going to leave it alone. <laughs> we might do that next week, though. We might add it in there some way. But, but this is how we fight our battles, really. Yeah. Really. Now, let's go on to the next benefit, because that benefit right there is going to preach. I promise you, it will preach all day. By because the it's way, the truth.
0: You, you're very fortunate that, I, that I'm that i going to let you do Second Chronicles yeah. 20. Because that's one of my favorite chapters to preach. And I'm allowing you to do it next week. All right. So just just remember, you owe me.
1: Uh-huh. You I got owe you. me. I got that, you, I'm telling you that chapter you. <laughs> is
0: you guys better be here next week. Second Chronicles 20. Yeah. You put the worshipers at the front of the battle.
1: Yeah, 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 All yeah. Right, go to the next one. Next one. Next one. Worship satisfies the soul. It satisfies the soul. If we look at Psalms sixty-three, one through five, it satisfies the soul. We see, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your love and kindness is better than life. Your love and kindness is better than life. Oh, that's so good. That's so rich. That is rich. The love and kindness of God is better than life. Ooh, that, hey, hey, that, that you can take that and ride on that all week. But let's talk about this. Um, David is really writing right here. He says, "The love and kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. With joyful lips." Now it's just not my lips that look joyful, but it's what I say out of my lips that make it joyful. So that's power in what you say. That's why it's good in the the worship songs. That's why we put the words on the screen so you can sing along. Because you're singing joyful things. And then after the words go away from the screens, you're caught into the spirit, then you're just telling God, God, I love you. God, you're worthy. God, you're magnificent. God, you're awesome. God, I can't do life without you, God. You're the air I breathe, God. You're my everything, God. God, you are.
0: And what happens when we do that is our emotions begin to change. I experienced this yesterday. I'm doing chores around the house. I'm emotionally not in a great state. And I just put on Pandora, my praise and worship playlist on Pandora. And literally within five minutes of just an anointed spirit and truth worship song came on. And, I mean, I felt my spirit rising.
1: Yeah,
0: It's like it encourages your own spirit when you do this because it's like food for your spirit your spirits made to worship. Yeah. And so when you put an anointed song on, even if you're down, it just has that lifting effect.
1: It it does. It really does.
0: Isaiah 61.
1: Okay. Isaiah 61 and three. Praise and worship repels depression. Mm. And that's a word that we need today. I mean, uh, Pastor and I talked about this. i am counseling people on even students, my high school students, 14, 13, 15. Mr. Kipp, I'm so depressed. You know, I'm stressed, I have anxiety, but, you know, we have to carve out some time in our day if we have to make a moment just to praise God because it repels depression. It's a repellent. You know, when the bugs go to getting on you and the the mosquitoes, you put that bug repellent on, right? But when depression comes your way, spray on some Jesus. Spray on on. some Holy Ghost. Spray on some thank you, God. Spray on on the praises of God and watch that stuff repel from you. Let's go to scripture. I mean, I have scripture to support what I say because God will do it, and he he is doing it. It says, um, Isaiah 61 and 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. He's going to give you oil of joy for your mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So God's going to do all these things, first of all, because he loves you. Yeah, yeah, he's going to give you beauty for your ashes. What does that mean? Hey, joy for your sorrows. There's better days coming. You find that in worship. He gives you that, but he does all of these things ultimately, that he may be glorified, that the world may see him.
0: I think it's the New American Standard. It says, put on a garment of praise and it'll ward off a spirit of heaviness. So every day we have a choice. What are we going to put on? Yeah. You know, you choose that jacket. You choose that blouse. You choose that shirt. Well, you can choose discouragement. You can choose fear. You can choose anxiety. You can choose to turn on the news, and that'll really encourage you. Or you can choose worship. You can choose God. You can choose His character. And so it's it's the garment of praise will ward off a spirit of heaviness. And it doesn't necessarily happen... At the, it's not necessarily instant. You know, some have proneness toward depression. Some may be on medication. There's yeah. a place for all that. But so it can. it's sometimes a gradual thing. But the bottom line is sometimes depression is demonic. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes. It says a spirit of fainting. Yes. So it's like a spirit of fear. Might say that because it could be demonic. So why don't you at least consider that as being the issue and worship and praise sends the enemy running. Yeah. And that depression all of a sudden gets lifted, and you start getting that that, that spirit of encouragement.
1: I mean, yeah, and God will do those things for you in a But ultimately, even when we don't feel like it, and even when we don't see it, even, you know, we, find, we have to find ourselves worshiping God because because it's who we are. That's when it's get, that's part of that trueness. That's part of the spiritual part of it. It's like when I don't feel like it. I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. When I, when, when, when even when when you don't feel like it, that's when you really need to do it. That's when you really need to do it. That's when you really need to do it, guys. I'm gonna give you a little point and your husbands and wives gonna give you a high five later. Like when you don't want to tell your wife that you love her or that she's beautiful and she's all that, that's when you probably really need to do it. When you don't feel like it, because see, that's when the enemy be kind of trying to come and separate the household. It separates you as individuals. And when you don't feel like it, there's power when you can have enough faith to do it anyway.
0: I would add a benefit. I didn't even share this Go in Go add one, Pastor. Go that ahead. It, 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 it ignites faith. Oh, yeah. Worship and praise ignites faith. It, it encourages faith. It's fuel for faith because you're focusing on who He is and that's what faith is in who he is. Right. So your faith level rises as your praise and worship rises. It does. Do you have any others?
1: It does. I have plenty of benefits, but we're going to move on to the all culture. All right.
0: Third question. Um, this will be yeah. interesting. Um, where does this whole idea of, of cultural and personal preferences, because we all come from our own culture, our ethnicity, or our experience. You know, when I when I go to Uganda every year, man, the worship there is so different than here. I wish every one of you could go to Uganda, by the way you would see that we are too tame in America. Oh,
1: yeah. Listen,
0: Shannon Hayes jumped three feet off the ground. I believe it. I'm telling you what, He we, there was this praise and worship service where people were jumping like crazy, and there was a 17-year-old kid who jumped about three feet off the ground, and Shannon's like, he ain't gonna out jump me. Uh-huh. And Shannon, I, I've got it on video, he jumped it. It was, I mean, it was amazing. amazing. So what's your take on this issue? Because as our worship pastor, this is obviously relevant. I often say that a worship pastor has the hardest job in the world, because if you just polled a congregation about the the radio stations they listen to during the week, I bet you'd have 20 different radio stations that people listen to. So that shows a musical preference. And here we are, we're going to try to bring all that together and be unified on a Sunday morning. You got it a lot harder than I do, Uh, because we all have our musical preferences. Or I I like that song. I don't like that song. You know, I want hymns. I want choruses. I want... Gospel. I want four-part harmony. All that. Just love your take on this question.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's a very important um, um, issue that that um, that I think is overlooked oftentimes within the church. It's overlooked oftentimes in society, culture, preferences. We 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 we, we overlook it and then we judge without having enough knowledge. We don't take it into consideration. You need it. So we have to take that into consideration. Jesus even did that when the Bible was wrote. You know, um, we have four different Gospels for a reason. And one of those, its a lot of reasons that go, goes with that. But one of the most important reasons is that Jesus was, and God is concerned about all cultures. So you have four different authors writing with different perspectives, different point of views, to reach different groups of people. So God, if God could put the Gospels together and be concerned about the cultures and, and put the Word of God, and He is concerned about culture, should we not be concerned about culture? It's a big thing. It's a big issue that we must take into, um, into consideration. So when we think about culture, um, there's a good book, and I told them earlier about it, and I'm gonna, um, I'm not going to read from it this, this time, but I share some of the thoughts from it. It's, the book is called Think Christianly by Jonathan Monroe. Think Christianly by Jonathan Monroe. Very good book that helps transform your mind and teach you how to think as Christians should think in a culture that's not a world that we're not from. The Bible says we we are peculiar people. We're ambassadors of Christ. So honestly, as we become Christians, we take on a, a different culture. So this helps us with that. But we, we, when we think about culture, culture is very difficult to, to um, define because there are so many different point of views on it. But ultimately, our cultures help shape the way we think. It helps shape our worldview. You know, some people like different things because of what they've been exposed to if within the culture. You know, um, how we talk, how we communicate, what we eat, how we drive, what looks good when I wear this outfit. You know, in Europe or somewhere else, this outfit may not look good you know, because of the culture, cultural um, 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 influence. So that's an influence from culture that that affects who we are and the way we think. So when we think about worship and we think about music and we think about God and even how we see God, our culture has some influence on that. Amen? Amen. So we, and when we see it from that point of view, now, l- later on in the book, right after that, that, culture is important, culture matters, the next thing is, is uh, what are we to do as Christians? And so so as Christians, um, we're pretty much anti-cultural to this culture, because Jesus was.
0: We you are know, not of this world. We're not of this world. We are to be about kingdom
1: Kingdom business. Culture. And we should be loving the things that God loves. You know, and the Bible even goes on to say, and I can't think of where it is right now, but if we love the things of this world, that, 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 that's not right. We should be loving the things of God's culture. And what it means by that, doesn't mean if I love potatoes and smoothies and all, of that, and all that. It's talking about the the, the culture of this world, the, the mannerism of this world, the laws of this world, what our government says is right. And, when, you know, all of those things, all this liberalism, and all, if we love those things, those things are not of God, and so when we put it into to worship, and we think about culture and how it affects our worship, God has given us a pattern. He's given us a map. He's given us His Word of God on how worship should be expressed as kingdom citizens. That's what we should do. So, so with that being said, you may like country music because you grew up in a house with country music. You may like jazz because you grew up grew up in a, in a house with jazz. You may love classical because you lo- you grew up in that. Because that's what you were exposed to. But this is the key. Just like the Gospels, the four Gospels were wrote, you know, with different perspectives, but they all were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if it's country, if it's anointed, I love it. If it's it's classical, if it's anointed and spirit-driven, I love it. If it's jazz and it's God-inspired, I love it. That's the key. That's the key. So when we come to a church like ours, you know, I mean, we got, a, we have a smorgasbord, we have a buffet of people. There's a bu- I have to look at it that way as a worship pastor, I have to serve a buffet of worship to you because we have so many people. But one thing about a good buffet, when the buffet is good, it's good. Ooh, come on, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, when I go to a and good variety buffet- it's the to, spice of life. The variety, you have to have it, and that's why we like buffets. So, I mean, ain't nothing like a good buffet. I
0: mean, and I tell people, I say, I look, I'll say to a new person, I'm not saying this to try to get you to come back, but you really have to come here at least a month to get a feel yeah. for our worship because it'll be very different from week to week, and I think that's a strength. Yeah. And so each worship leader brings their own, you know, personality They're, and culture to the to the mix, and you're now bringing a new, you know, twist, which we love. Right. And uh, and so we, yeah, amen. Uh, thank you. And so I think, you know, you can worship seven days a week However when you're in your own time with God put on your favorite music right you've got all those hours during the week when you can listen to whatever you want and so when you come here on Sunday don't complain right receive what's offered and make the best of it and even if it isn't your cup of tea be stretched by that variety right just like I said last week don't we want preaching that stretches us to be different that makes us uncomfortable at times. yes I think good preaching does that well good worship should too it shouldn't all be to your liking. It should stretch you so that then you grow a little more in, in, in experiencing God in that way.
1: Right. But if you can experience God's presence in it, you'll learn to like it. Amen. I mean, when it's something that's seasoned good, it's just seasoned good. And when you're thinking about good food, good, I'm just going to tell you now, when I tried, the first time I tried Korean food, they have the, the Korean beef, is called brogogi. And, and, and it's I mean, it's got a sauce on it and some rice and some onions and all this stuff that's in it. And, man, the first time they brought it to me, I was like, I don't know. But, man, when I taste that. It was something new, but it was seasoned right, and it was just delicious. So when we offer worship up unto you, we're going to offer you a good taste, a good good flavor of worship. It's going to be good. (laughs) All right, the beat's going to be on. The harmonies are going to be right. It's going to be delivered right. And I dare you to try it. You might like it. Amen. (laughs) And you know,
0: our heart, I mean, look, There's the rest of our mission statement. Word, rooted, spirit, empowered, culturally engaged
1: culturally engaged.
0: So that means we want to be engaged in the culture. We also want a multicultural church. Yeah. We want a church of diversity. We want a little taste of heaven here. Yeah. I mean, it says every tribe, nation, and people in heaven. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I love the Secundes. They can't be here today, but, you know, man, I I love watching them in worship. They're the ones that introduced me to my ministry in Uganda. And and I, I tell the people in Uganda, I said, not that there's going to be sections there. This is to be facetious, right, right, but right, I said right, right. if there are sections, I'm going to the Ugandan section <laughs> when I get to heaven, because right. that, that worship is so full of life and energy.
1: It's just free.
0: And I'm telling you, okay, I, I, I don't care if this is politically correct or not, but we white people,
1: <laughs> Look at <him>.
0: okay, <laughs> we white people need to grow in our ability to express ourselves. We do. We're way too reserved. We are way too reserved in worship, and you can't tell me that you don't know how to get excited, because I've seen you at Sanford Stadium. And if you can get that excited over a temporal football game, you ought to be more excited over the eternal God.
1: Amen. 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 All right, last Amen. question. Amen. And we're hey, gonna just hey, hold on, Pastor. Yeah, can yeah. I tag into that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Real quick. And I want, I want to say this. I want to say this, and I have to say it real quick, because I've heard it already since I've been on campus. It was my first three weeks. This is not us trying to, or me coming in as a worship pastor trying to make us into a black church. No, no, no. I'm not, No, no. This is kingdom-driven worship, God-designed worship. Because some people really say real quick and say, "Well, just only the only the Africans worship that way on the black." No, 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 no. I, I, you know, I've been around a lot of churches, and I see some white churches and some. Mexican churches and some Korean churches and some Russian churches, people that's really passionately worship Jesus. It has nothing to do with the color of the skin. It has everything to do with the heart. So it's all kingdom driven, all kingdom driven. So don't think that's because, because um, I mean, because you're white that you can't worship God. Come on. And I'm I like, you know, I'm the guy for this right here because I have no shame when it comes down to talking about this racial stuff and all that. None at all. Because I'm confident in who God made me to be. And I'm confident that God made you and that we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. So don't, so, so, if you're a white person or saying or saying and you come from a, a, a background and say, oh, no, I don't know if I can worship God like that. No, no, you can dance. I've been, hey, look, I play jazz a lot and I've done weddings and stuff. White people can get down. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so, hey, bring it to church. Bring that energy to church. Bring that worship to church. We want to see it. We want to see you honor God and what you do. Amen. Love it, brother.
0: All right, so the last one, we're just going to go back and forth. We each came with our own list of practical suggestions. Let's get as practical as we can, then we'll take a few questions. So I'll start, and we'll just go back and forth. This is. They could either be about your personal time with God or your corporate time. So I would say begin your time with God with praise and worship and thanksgiving. So when you come before the Lord, you have your daily quiet time in the Word and prayer. Don't quickly come asking. Come thanking praising, worshiping. Start your time with God in that manner.
1: All right. My number one is to remove distractions. So all of us have distractions, and you know what those distractions may be for you. Some of us is the iPhone. Some of it is the the week that we've been Um, going through or or the conversation we had before we came into church with our children or with our wife. All of those things are distractions. When we come into worship, either when you're at home when you're spending time with God in praise and worship or corporate worship, remove the distractions.
0: Very good. My next one is study the attributes of God. The more you get to know God and who he is, his holiness, his mercy, faithfulness, sovereignty, graciousness, his, his loving kindness, the more you know who he is, your worship will elevate. So study his attributes.
1: Right, um, next one. Be positive and patient. Be positive and patient. Whenever you're trying to something new, if you want to see it succeed and you want to grow in it, you need to be patient, first of all. You need to have some patience, because it don't happen overnight. But second of all, you need to be positive, because negativity will draw the energy out and open the door for the enemy to take away from you what God has promised.
0: My next one is just incorporate music, even in your personal times. Obviously, you're going to get music here. But in your personal times, you know, play a praise song, play a hymn, play something that's meaningful to you, and you'll you'll see it revive your spirit.
1: Okay, my third one is practice saying nice things about yourself and others. So if you really want to have that intimate type of worship with God and be close to God, you, you, if there's an intimacy part of worship that that, that has to be expressed. We have to, you know, God, you're wonderful. God, you're beautiful. A lot of times, people can't say good things about themselves. So we had this happen in school, and I, I challenged the, my praise team at the school, hey, guys, every day look in the mirror and say something good about yourself. Do you know how many people that could not do that, and all they really had to do was go to God's Word and say what he said about them, first of all? That's right. And that's going to build up some self-confidence, but they could not do that. Mr. Kugler. I just can't do it. I can't do it. And so, I, so you know, I'm not just thinking that if there are children that can't do it, there's some adults who can't do it, and young adults who can't say positive things to themselves or to other people. And a lot of times that has a, an effect of the culture that you grew up in.
0: You know, it's interesting the verse to support that is 1 Peter 2, 9 mm-hmm. through 11. It says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a yes. people belonging to God, that you may proclaim his praises. Yes. So it's who you are in Christ that then leads to praise. Yeah. My next one is take communion in your personal times with God. Every morning, almost without exception, I have a little cup on my front porch and bread in and a plastic bag, and then I keep the juice in the refrigerator. First thing I do, I go out to my front porch, pour the juice in the little cup, and I serve myself communion
1: Amen. That's awesome. I believe there's power in that. All right. All right. My next point is don't make it spooky. Praise and worship is not spooky. (laughs) You know, don't make it weird and all like, ooh, that's scary. No, no, because it's it's as natural as us eating and drinking because you were created to do it. My
0: next one is related to Sunday mornings. Come worshiping. So from the time you leave your house till you get here, begin to praise and worship God. Put music on so that you're coming already worshiping instead of coming to worship. You're coming worshiping.
1: Okay, my next one is ask God during your prayer to open your heart to Him, to Him. Say, God, I want to be closer to you. God, I want to experience your worship. You know, God, I want to experience your presence. You begin to talk to God like that in prayer instead of praying about your problems all the time. You say, God, I want more of you, less of me. You know, begin to pray to God like that in your prayer time.
0: That's good. My next one is use the book of Psalms. Read Psalms back to God. Psalms give language to your spirit and to your experience.
1: All right. My last one is be intentional about your worship. Be intentional. I come to worship. I come to church to get in God's presence. I come to, at home, and when I'm driving in my car, I wake up and my feet hit the ground in the morning. It's God, I want to worship you. Like the pastor said, start your day off. Be intentional about that. You know, we're intentional about getting that breakfast, you know, those those Krispy Kreme donuts, all of those great things that we like. We could go get those things. Can we be intentional about Jesus? My so la- be intentional about it. My last
0: one is worship by serving. Yeah. So I want to encourage you to take this out right now if you didn't get one raise your hand and can we make sure we hand out anybody that didn't get one raise your hand. We do have some needs in the church and this is a great time to plug this because you worship by serving and it's a great way to feel more involved in the church. These are some of the needs that we currently have and by the way if you need more time you can run your phone right over that QR reader and it'll pop right up and you can do this digitally. I want to add to this communion prep those who prepare the communion once a month security team those are two other needs not on here that we have needs for those of you watching online go to the app under register there's a servant living hope portion in the register section and you can do this through that form but like you to fill this out right now if you're willing leave it on your chair put it in the offering boxes or take it to the welcome station after the service but we and one of the biggest areas here is worship
1: yeah we, we need, need
0: more musicians more techs that work in the back
1: we need your instrumentalists,
0: help instrumentalists vocalists so a lot of areas that we want yeah more people involved and you'll yeah. see all the areas listed can but, i say uh, something about yeah, that real quick because
1: yeah. oftentimes well, i know there's some musicians sitting in the audience and singers sitting in the audience and you feel well, well i may not be good enough um, yet to be on the stage, or I'm a little scared about doing that. Uh, no, come on, come on, come to us. Because we want to. Because our worship ministry is not just about leading worshipers, but it's about discipling worshipers. Ooh. So we want to help develop you as well. So mm-hmm. you may may have played when you were, like, in high school, but you want to pick it back up. Hey, mm-hmm. I got a program for you that'll work. to help you get your skills back, help you be confident in your playing. Right. Hey, because before I was a pastor and before I did Bible study and all that, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a band director. Mm-hmm. And so I like to build um, musicians up that are skillful and anointed.
0: Amen. So we want to do
1: that for you. Let's take some questions.
0: So raise your hand if you have a question. They'll bring a mic to you. Or if you want to text a question in, here's the number to text. Ready? Write this down if you have a question to text in. 770-317-3024.
1: Back, back. This was actually from the first service. Uh, do you believe that worship can 100% heal depression every time? For those who struggle with legitimate mental health issues, how do you balance the positivity of worship with knowing that Jesus meets us where we're at?
0: Yeah, it's a both and. I wouldn't say there's there's no 100% on anything except salvation. I mean, Paul prayed earnestly that his thorn in the flesh would be removed, and it wasn't. So, it may be that that um, infirmity that the person lives with for the rest of their life but it'll certainly help a lot i mean do what you know god's word says do and let god bring the fruit that he chooses to bring but it's certainly not like a hundred percent your your depression will be gone forever and ever
1: And now one thing about that too if i can tag on to that when we think about worship if we go back to last week when we talk about the true definition of worship it's not just a song in the singing mm. but it's the obedience to god so if a person is suffering with depression, yeah, they may have to go to a doctor. And God put that doctor there. God gave that medication. That's right. God created it, everything. It's okay if that has to happen. But if we can be obedient to God yeah. in our walks and our lives and do that, cannot God give you a healthier way of life? I'm not, I'm, hey, my faith, I believe God can do anything. That's what my faith is. I just believe and I stand on that. And if he don't do it on this end, he'll do it on the other end. But it doesn't, If yes. he doesn't do it and when we pray about it, that doesn't mean he's not powerful enough it's to good. do it It's good because he can do it. So that's how I feel about good. it. Good. Got one right here. Uh, mine's more of uh, a thankful to God for restoring my soul back to sanity. Amen. I was once, you know, not this perfect individual. But it says in uh, Proverbs eighteen twelve, before man downfall he holds for proud, but humiliation coming for honor, mm-hmm. meaning that the things that I have done in the past, my shortcoming, I must pay for it. But also it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, if you seek him with all your heart, he will restore you back to sanity and he will give you back what you lost. And I'm coming today and thanking God for returning me back to the person I used to be. Amen. And I'm very, very thankful that's why I give him praise every day. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen.
0: So mine's sort of a question and a witness to it, but um, healing physical, emotional, inner healing, um, in worship. uh, What are your thoughts on that as far as like the benefit of of healing? Well, sometimes the sickness is demonic. Sometimes the infirmity is demonic. And as we talked about, when the manifest presence of God comes, the demons flee. I have known of people that have been instantly healed physically in a worship service. They didn't even get prayer or, or get anointing with oil, although we believe in that too it just happened because the presence of God came so strong and so I really believe this topic is huge when it comes to healing on multiple levels mental emotional spiritual relational because think about it if the presence of God comes in a manifest fashion through this Avenue then look at all the benefits that are gonna come you know he's got healing in his wings yeah healing on his train the train of his robe so we want him and then with him comes his robe and with his robe comes a lot of other stuff that's really good for us. <laughs> so yeah. let's get into this. Yeah. Let's tap into this.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that, Pastor. I believe that he can do it um, for us to heal it, perspective of it. I believe I'm, I'm in agreement.
0: Well, I just want to witness that. I had a spinal cord injury in 2011, and I was in severe chronic pain for three years. They said I'd never have a cure, and I wouldn't get better. I'd be in pain the rest of my life and worship i sort of lost that i was so tired and in pain i lost that but as the lord began to heal me he showed me that was one of the keys uh to getting free and getting healed and it was in the worship even in just music and song and all of it and i've seen her powerpoint testimony and there's literally evidence on the x-rays of her healing it's it's amazing Let's do maybe one or two more.
1: Could Pastor Kilgore please clarify what he meant by don't make worship weird? <laughs> spooky. <laughs> spooky was the word. I said spooky. So what I mean by that is like, um, um, that some people think when you come to worship, especially young adults, teenagers, younger people, and some older people too, but when a person is clapping their hands or they, they're they waving, they got their hands up and they're crying, people look at them like, what's wrong with them? Or they think that you're weird. They think, and, or it's not cool no more. It's not cool to do that. And I mean, I've seen this happen so many times with dealing with younger, young adults. They're sitting in worship, the Lord is moving under their heart, but they won't release in worship because it's not cool and they're worried about what their friends are saying. So when I say weird or spooky, you know, I just don't want people to, just to look at it as if it's the wrong thing to do or is it, it's crazy to do. It's actually the right thing to do because we are God's people.
0: All right. One more. Was there, okay, we'll do two more real quick.
1: Why do you think some people are hesitant to express their celebration of God during a worship gathering?
0: Because they're afraid of what people think. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of what people will think, and they need to get past that. It doesn't, it matters what God thinks. Yeah. Now, we need to be sensitive to each other. You know, as I said last week, if I'm sitting there, you know, worshiping and hitting my neighbor in the face. Well, that's, you know, (laughs) I need to be aware of what the surroundings I'm in and not do something that's going to distract somebody. But at the same time, I need to get past what are people going to think. Exactly. It's what does God think.
1: That's what's important. One more. Well, I say as far as my worship, there's times that I'm, I'm actually in a worship service and want to just give God praise. And my mind goes to, Okay, if I worship like I really worship, mm-hmm. you know, like I do it at home, mm. like they say, I, how would people feel about that? It would make them uncomfortable. But I realized I leave a lot of times unfulfilled because I didn't let go. Mm. I didn't let God have His way. Can, can, can I can I touch on that right now? Yeah. Yep. Because the enemy would rob you of your deliverance when he when he does that. I um, I I told you guys I. I I worked out in Swanee before I came to Athens and started working. And at the church, it was, it was a Slavic church. that we, we um, I was a worship pastor at the Slavic church, and I worked at the school. So there were the Russians and the, and the Ukrainians and all of them. They worshiped totally different. And so I would play the sax on the stage, and they had a balcony in the church. So first few Sundays, I'm just worshiping God the way I worship God. But I felt like sometimes I had to hold back. I had to hold back and I go home. I know that unfulfilled feeling when you're in an environment when other people are not worshiping you, God, I and mean, you can't worship God the way you want to worship. But God said, God, but then God said, hey, I saved you. This is the conversation God had with me. I saved you. I delivered you. I'm good to you every day. You know about your worship shouldn't be predicated on anybody else. So I begin to worship God like I wanted to worship God and there's tears and people sitting in the audience and the kids were telling me at school, the people in the balcony are talking about the way you worship Mr. Kicker. I said, okay, that's, they're not my God. So one Sunday, God tells me, and I feel God leads me to go on my knees and worship, and my eyes are closed. When I open my eyes, the entire church were on their knees, and the men in the church begin to wail. And if you never experienced um, the Slavic community, first of all, men don't move emotionally. They're very strong, prideful, but these men begin to weep and well. And it was like a spirit of revival hit that church to the point where the pastor just had to stop. We couldn't move on. So don't hold yours back because yours may be a blessing not only for you and for you to get the fulfillment, but it may release another. So worship God.
0: This has been good. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, next week he'll talk about worship and warfare.